0: such a time as this. The Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report. This is Dr. Lee for America and today is the legal report with an update from international attorney Todd Callender about the ways in which our government is continuing the weapons of terror against the American people in the usurping of not only our constitutional rights, but our human rights. On Monday this week, we talked about the links between the 9-11 attacks as a weapon of terror. And regardless of who orchestrated that, the impact and results were death and then taking more of our constitutional rights with the passage of the Patriot Act. Then that set the stage for what began to be increasing attacks on our constitutional rights. If you fast forward to 2016, Obama put into the National Defense Authorization Act that asymmetric warfare could now be used against the American, could now be used against the American people. That was a violation of the Smith Munt Act that went into effect after World War II. And suddenly Obama, at the end of his administration, knowing that President Trump had been elected, ended up making it legal for the U.S. government to use propaganda, lies, and deception against the American people because we were now the terrorists they wished to destroy That was under Obama. And then we get to the point of the national, international public health emergency and the declaration of the national emergency in the US. Todd's going to talk more about how that has usurped additional constitutional rights and set up militarized medical martial law through the public health agencies. But let's look at what happened. So on Monday, we talked about how the COVID shots were also a weapon of terror that have caused untold deaths and disability and destruction in many ways beyond the deaths and health damage. But now, what you heard in the news this week is that the governor of New Mexico suddenly decided to declare gun violence as a public health emergency and ban the Second Amendment rights for the citizens of New Mexico. Clearly, a gross violation, not only of the U.S. Constitution, but also New Mexico's state constitution. Well, fortunately, there was a very courageous Democrat sheriff, constitutional sheriff, who stood against the governor's unconstitutional order and we will link to the video clip of his statement, very powerful statement. And following that, the Western Association of Constitutional Sheriffs has issued a formal letter saying they will not enforce it. Then we have the governor of Arizona, Katie Hobbs, who is in office as the result of a stolen election in Arizona. That is. My opinion, based on all of the analysis that's been done and some of the court findings, but nothing's yet been done about it. She has declared that excess heat and warnings of excess heat is now a public health emergency, granting her more powers to usurp our human and constitutional rights. America and the world listening, this these two governor actions are a test run for a nationwide health emergency where gun rights are sus- are suspended where we may have a suspension of our access to whatever they decide we can't have based on a climate emergency and this is what happens when the federal government does something unlawful and unconstitutional Like declaring gun violence an epidemic, which in itself is ridiculous, because criminals don't don't abide by public health emergencies any more than they abide by laws. Making it a health emergency is absurd. And make no bones about it. They are not done. What they're doing is probing to see who rises and how people respond. It's classic Marxist red terror takeover tactics. Allow it in New Mexico, allow it in Arizona, and everything else is going to start falling apart. Stolen elections have dire consequences, as we're seeing with the Biden administration and the Obama administration players in the background. We have a fraudulent governor in Arizona. We have a fraudulent president. We have a vice president and cabinet who don't even have an oath of office. Todd will talk more about that. This is all setting the stage for further ending of our constitutional and human rights. And Todd is going to talk more about all of this from the legal perspective. But I wanted you to see the big picture and connect the dots. This is very serious. We're at a precipice and it is up to the citizens to stop it. The government is against us. They are not coming to rescue us. And we need To start looking at local resistance, noncompliance, peaceful action, working with our constitutional sheriffs and taking local steps to ensure our rights are upheld. Todd, with that big picture that is very ominous, I know you have lots of ideas on solutions that we'll be talking about in the course of the show today. So welcome and just thank you for all of the incredible leadership you've given on this front to give people resources and defend their rights. You filed the first lawsuit against the Department of Defense in August 2021 that stopped the use of force by the military against the American people on COVID shot mandates. I, I It's been my honor and privilege to work with you the last three years.
1: Likewise. (laughs) Doctor, you know, this is really funny. I'm sitting here listening to you connecting the dots. And I thought, boy, she's really giving them, you know, double barrel truth on this (laughs) one. It's not double barrel. It's a Gatlin gun of truth. Holy cow. Uh, (laughs) The target's riddled now with holes. (laughs) So how to how to link it all together. You, You did a beautiful job with the prelude there um it it's my honor and my privilege doctor it's it's really been a pleasure working with you throughout and um and thank you for your dedication to our service members that's been a passion of yours um since we really started this whole thing and and they've turned out to be a formidable ally in all of this in fact you know when we look at the the way that the military was stopped the biggest killing machine on the planet was stopped is really because um, people stood, and we have to use that for a a model. So when we filed the lawsuit against the DOD, you're right, it was August of 2021, and it was to to try and stop the mandate itself. But at that point in time, you're right, the, Mr. Austin, I I try not to call him Secretary Austin because the oath that you you rightly point out does not exist, um, not not a version that works anyway. You know, he did authorize the use of force, and uh, when we filed a temporary restraining order and alerted the court and everybody in the military at the same time that that was in fact the case, there was quite an uproar, uh, a huge uproar, as a matter of fact. And and, um, that order was never rescinded. Uh, What he did instead is kind of stick it in the drawer and act like it didn't happen. So we have to be concerned that that order still exists, and that's really what started this whole thing. If we don't stop the use of force in the military. We don't stop the mandate of the military. What is going to stop them, right, from from forcing it on us? And that was really why we all banded together to do this. And with so many service members standing, 400,000 of them or so all said and done, they effectively um, caused the entirety of the DOD to come to a grinding halt. They papered the uh, Pentagon with uh, exemption requests, with Inspector General complaints, with criminal complaints, what are called Article 138s. It was just astounding. It was a barrage, and um, and that at the end of the day required responses. So whether that was a commanding officer or were um, above, right, uh, all the way from a platoon leader, uh, what they call a butter bar, a second lieutenant, all the way up, they had to respond, and that and that stopped the military from um, from carrying this out, which was absolutely critical because we are in now, and we have been since the declaration of a national emergency, medical martial law. Um, the I want people to understand this. It's so critically important. The constitutional rights you think you have are gone. And I really figured this out in law school, Dr. Beck in the early 1990s when I was studying constitutional law and came to find that exigent circumstances, otherwise it's known as emergencies, is what lawyers call emergencies, exigent circumstances, it's critical, we have to act now, act fast, have vanished. All of those rights we think we have, Fourth Amendment rights against search and seizure, procedural due process rights of Fifth and Sixth Amendment, um, freedom of speech, right to carry arms, you know, all of those have exemptions through case law, that has happened over the years. And in every single circumstance, the Supreme Court or other courts said, exigent circumstances demand that we allow an exemption to the constitution. So our constitution really hasn't existed in its original form, well more than a hundred years. And lately it it really doesn't exist at all, why? Because when there is a declaration of national emergency, uh, in particular, there are other such declarations that can happen. The the executive branch takes over the functions of the legislative branch, and we came to find in the case of the COVID emergencies, the the, the fictions that that came out of the COVID emergencies, the Article III courts, the federal district courts, washed their hands of it. So when the executive branch, uh, in this case, it was really Biden um, that that drove all this forward, the legislature wouldn't stop them, and judiciary said, we're not going to hear cases they are not justiciable. So there's really no other way to describe it. When the national emergency was declared, we were uh, under a suspension of our constitutional rights, as is evidenced by, for instance, the January 6ers, who sat in jail for two years without a right to speedy trial, without a right to habeas corpus, um, unlawful search and seizure, closing churches and leaving liquor stores open. All of those kinds of things were absolutely fundamentally unconstitutional, and yet they happened anyway. And what happened? The the law enforcement stood down, the courts stood down. There is no other way to characterize this other than martial law. And on top of that, our government over the course of 40 or 50 years created something even worse, a a nightmare called public health emergencies. And starting, believe it or not, all the way back in um, the early 2000s, 2002 or so, just after the Patriot Act took away what we thought was left of our uh, Fourth Amendment rights, comes along this gem. Uh, whereby the use of public health law doesn't just remove your constitutional rights, it removes your human rights. And I mean that from an international law point of view, because you're finding that this is the case in every country. So for instance, you would find in the International Convention on Civil and Political Rights, the International Convention on Human Rights. Those are two UN conventions that, that laid forth the groundwork for every country who is member uh, to the UN and signatory to those treaties that they would have to guarantee onto their citizens. These are basic rights that every human deserves simply because they're human. Article seven in both of those conventions requires that no human can be used for medical experimentation without their consent. It's clear as as day. It's ensconced in the military code of justice. It's in our own statutes, and yet. Um, When this so-called emergency happened with COVID, what happened? uh, All informed consent rights evaporated. How and why? Because right after the national emergency was declared, along came from uh, Mr. Becerra, a declaration of a public health emergency, followed immediately by a public health emergency of international concern declaration by Mr. Tedros, who was the um, director of the World Health Organization, all of which had the effect to revoke, not just suspend, revoke because they remain revoked at this point in time, all human rights globally. And this is the danger of these, these muddle public health acts starting in as early as 2002. Um, the, the government went around to every state and started pushing these through with Johns Hopkins University being their, their chief um, proponent And more than 50 states, I'm sorry, more than 25 states um, by 2020 had adopted these model public health acts, um, which included Florida, by the way, such that mere suspicion alone of a communicable disease was enough to declare such an emergency. And um, the declaration of such an emergency by a governor would act to suspend all human rights. So, again, not just constitutional rights, all human rights that includes your constitutional rights. Fast forward what you just said, doctor, and I'm going to shut up here in a second because I want to hear what you have to say. Fast forward, Arizona, right, all of last week, um, you've got the governor who says, we have a public health emergency. we got to take the guns. Well, what's stopping her? The The law is already in place. So from a purely legal point of view, she's simply following the law. She actually gave herself, the government gave her, those powers and they did so in anticipation of this very moment in time doctor where the public health laws would be used to make humanity extinct and this is where we find ourselves hello everyone this is lieutenant mark bashaw u.s army and legal grant recipient of the truth for health foundation i want to give a huge shout out to the truth for health foundation for helping me and my family over the past year with our legal battles Recently, I was court-martialed for not participating with these experimental COVID-19 emergency use-authorized products. If it wasn't for Truth for Health Foundation and all the support, I would definitely be in a worse spot. But because of all the support, I'm able to continue uniform service, fighting for what's right, to protect the Constitution against enemies, foreign and domestic. God bless each and every one of you, and God bless America and doctor if you if you'd like i can go a little bit further into this and i understand it's a grand statement go ahead please
0: yes i think i would like you to go into it more but just to clarify the gun confiscation was new mexico's woman governor and the arizona sorry woman governor is the one who declared a heat emergency to do the same thing under a different premise that also is fake. Because in Arizona we've always measured the temperature in the summer and well all year round, two meters above the ground. Suddenly this (laughs) summer they started measuring it on the ground at the airport, primarily in concrete and asphalt (laughs) Well, of course the temperatures have been higher this summer because they're measuring it differently. They're cooking the books on the statistics.
1: Well, I love what you said also. Um, The the Arizona, it's almost a joke. Your governor said warnings alone, that 30 days of warnings was sufficient. Not that the readings were all that abnormal, but just the warning of them was sufficient to deprive you of your rights. Your human rights. The,
0: the arrogance and hubris of these yeah. Democrat governors that think they can micromanage every aspect of our lives by their narcissistic, demonic declaration is just staggering. And Micromanage. <laughs>
1: yeah. I to <just> say microwave. <laughs> well, microwave,
0: <laughs> micromanage. Use LED lights, 5G radiation. I I mean, whatever they decide to use to attack, to use weapons of terror to undermine our ability to survive. they, They are banning drilling of natural gas in Alaska under the people in power behind... Demented puppet Joe Biden, that means that and they have banned shipping by train of the natural gas supplies. And the largest trucking company in the United States has gone out of business, is closing in the last month. Wow. Yellow. Trucking. Wow. That means that supplies of natural gas to heat our homes and, and cool our homes are going to be so curtailed that prices are going to go through the roof. People are going to die. They are continuing to use every weapon they can to undermine our food, to eliminate access to fuel, eliminate self-defense, eliminate medications, contaminate medications, compromise the supply chain, have no oversight of manufacturing. It, It is a staggering assault, all of them, are the weapons of terror, we could do a whole series for the next six weeks on the way that they are doing every single assault they can think of.
1: Well, that's right. Isn't that exactly the point, doctor? We must, I think, confront the reality that in 1994, when the Rio population accords happened, the countries of this planet, the leaders of the countries of this planet agreed to kill 7 billion people to make them no more and there's no other way to put it if you're going to remove 7 billion people from the planet you're going to kill them, right that's just the reality of the situation and we now know that the the attack on humanity began with covid if not previously um, but followed you know by this this uh, bioweapon they they call the vaccine which is really designed to poison us the 5G on top of it and now um, unlimited, unbridled powers that they granted onto themselves through this function called public health emergencies. You would know, for instance, that in addition to the, the public uh, health acts in the various states, from a, an international and national point of view, um, our Department of Defense was moved under a public health apparatus such that um, the the DoD now responds directly to the WHO when a public health emergency is declared by Mr. Tedros, and by the way, um, the public health response is now a military function. Uh, that all happened through the National Defense Authorization Act starting in 2017, all the way up until this last year. So what does that tell you? It's going to be a military response. So when the governor says, "Oh, there's heat warnings." Um, Now we've got an emergency. What I'm saying to you is that the response to this is going to be military and their response is unbridled. There's a very short walk between saying I'm mandating something and using the military to enforce it. And thank God for these sheriffs, because that's precisely what they were intending to do, was to deprive people of their basic gun rights in New Mexico, using a public health emergency to disarm them forcefully. So imagine where this goes. If you have no weapons, if you have no sheriff standing between you and them, um, then what stops them from simply opening fire on Americans? And, and the answer to that question is nothing.
0: Well, I think the, the whole disaster of January six and the political prisoners that are still rotting right. in the D.C. jail show they have no qualms. They, they did fire on American citizens that day. If you look at yes, the videos right. that that's we have, right. that have been released, which is not all of them, but they they did the Capitol Police did open that's fire, right. whether it was with live ammunition that could kill people or rubber bullets or tear gas, they they were firing on peaceful American citizens that day, and they have arrested people who are still in prison. And these sentences coming down from that judge in D.C. Extraordinary. Are extraordinary. Staggering. Abuse. This is what Chavez did in Venezuela. It's That's what right. Stalin did in the Soviet Union. It's what the Chinese communists do and throwing their political prisoners in jail and throwing away the key. It's what Cuba's done. North Korea. That's right. That is That's happening right. in America right now. People say, oh, whoa, well, if we're not careful, we're going to have a total dictatorship. We already have one. They're acting right. lawlessly, lawlessly. Right. You
1: very good. And this is exactly the point, doctor, is that the pretext for this is public health, right? The, the greater good, as they say. And I remember seeing just even uh, in the last week, a doctor in Canada dating back to 2021, saying, um, I am not going to allow anybody in the ICU if they're not vaxxed, So they don't deserve medical health care um, from me because um, they're not worried about the greater good. They're only worried about themselves. And what she fails to understand is that if you don't protect the rights of the individual, if you don't preserve those at all costs, it it naturally affects the, the rights of everybody else. Because if you can't stop them there, you can't stop them anywhere. And this is exactly the point. The, the pretext to our mass murder, to our genocide is public health.
0: You're you're exactly right. And I don't think that the public at large has any full comprehension of the fact that the Department of Defense was moved under HHS public health services and now responds to the world health organization on public health emergencies which is whatever they decide it is even if it's a suspicion of a contagious a disease
1: six thousand uniformed military officers are now in charge of the entire u.s public health apparatus so it's the hhs cdc et al are, are underneath the Defense Health Agency, which is part of the DOD, which now responds to Tedros, Adhanom, the director of the World health organization, amongst um, a, a mere declaration of a suspicion of a public health event. Our military is now controlled by an unelected bureaucrat, um, a former Ethiopian <clears throat> warlord accused of heinous crimes against humanity. Uh, that's who's in charge. He is a dictator of the planet right now, doctor
0: exactly right and he is a avowed marxist todd i want to come back to something you said i'd like to ask you to clarify the date that the dod was moved under hhs and then response to who because my question is was that done at the end of the in the 2016 ndaa when it was Obama changing the rules of not only public health, but also the use of asymmetric warfare now legal against American citizens. Because that's what I wonder if, when that, was, if that was when it actually occurred, rather than 2017. It doesn't make sense that President Trump would have done that in 2017,
1: It's a process, doctor. And I'm going to send you all the details. In fact, I've already sent to you a declaration of all the emergencies that got us here. But I'll send you a presentation on this. It it wasn't, you're looking at a president being responsible. This isn't the president being responsible. This is the entire apparatus of our federal government and every other one on the planet that have been moving us in this direction for this very purpose for the last 50 years that they have shaped the law very carefully over that period of time, like a cattle chute leading to a slaughterhouse.
0: Yes, that that is absolutely clear. And it began, at at least in my lifetime, it began to escalate under Henry Kissinger's population
1: classified
0: document. Yep, that's exactly right. And that was the depopulation paper that was classified at the time, written for the the Department of Defense. And later, it wasn't declassified until 1989, so that we learned that that was there. But Kissinger was the epitome of carrying out the depopulation agenda that actually began in the 1900s under the eugenics movement led by Margaret Sanger, and Woodrow Wilson was president at the time. Why don't we take a break at this point and and come back and talk more about this in the second half? America, these are critical issues, and all of you need to remember, it doesn't matter what political party you ally with, this affects All of us. You can be Democrat, Libertarian, Republican, Independent, or you can be a member of the Green Party or the Moon Party. It doesn't matter if they have declared a public health emergency that affects your ability to defend yourself with your legally acquired and constitutionally guaranteed right to bear arms. If they have declared any restrictions on your ability to get food and fuel it doesn't matter what your political party is you you are just as dead as someone on the other side of the aisle so let's think about that as we go into the second half and i want you to go to www.truthforhealth.org donate to support our legal defense work Download our Vaccine Injury Treatment Guide. Download the legal templates that our guest today, Todd Callender, and his firm have prepared for all of you to use to begin to take citizen action to defend yourself. Look at some of the pro se litigation options that are available. There are resources there to help you. Sign up for our email alerts. Use the resources. And let's stand against the tyranny. We'll be right back. After the break. Welcome back to the second half of the Whistleblower Report legal interview with attorney Todd Callender explaining the ways in which your constitutional and human rights have been revoked under the guise of public health emergencies that or whatever the powers that be decided is, even just a suspicion. And they can make anything a public health emergency, whether it's temperature, whether it's gun violence, whether it's a virus, whether it's anything. There is no definition other than what they say it is. So, Todd, go ahead with where you were describing some of the steps that got us here and also what you see that people can do about this. And how are they using the control of telecom, um, 5G transmitter arrays and some of the new lighting requirements as additional weapons of terror and control?
1: Yeah, she wears blue lights uh leds holy cow uh so many vectors of of death so many different ways that they prepared to to kill us uh to eradicate us as though we are vermin in their eyes doctor so from a a purely legal perspective it's it's taken not less than 50 years of legal wrangling um to to use those exigent circumstances to withdraw our rights not just to suspend them to take them away forever any exception to the Constitution is a permanent exemption when you've got the Supreme Court saying it is so. Um, and, and leading all the way up to what we experienced really just a few weeks ago um, with my case against the DOD, the Tenth Circuit on banc, decided that they didn't care to opine on humanity being subjugated as chattel property. If they receive the shots, um, they, because the way that the law reads, if you've been genetically modified, you belong to the patent holders. and That's very clearly what happened in this case. Um, so we're not going we're not availed to any redress. And what I'm saying to you is that this is I didn't know that Ta-
0: that's huge. I did yeah. not know that they have already denied your application for an en banc hearing by all 11 federal judges in the 10th Circuit. Right.
1: That's right. That just that's, happened. So, In uh, other words, they week. have
0: chosen not to rule on the major point of law that affects every person in the United States.
1: I, I think it's the biggest question that's ever faced humanity um, since at least the, the Civil War. When we outlawed ownership of other people, uh, it's not like the court doesn't know. From the time that we filed the case in 2021, we've maintained an alleged with evidence, by the way, that um, these are genetic modification shots. The, the military's own documents, their own arguments in our case were that these were not investigated in drugs. These were these were regulated separately as, um, as, <clears throat> as therapeutics, genetic therapeutics, which is the same as a genetic modification shot. And, and for that reason, they said, we don't owe any of these um, these people informed consent because it's not a drug. This is a COVID countermeasure. And so we found some law, and I'm sorry to digress, but it's important, that, that is, has bearing on this. In fact, it's Supreme Court precedent that said, hey, if uh, an organism is genetically modified, that organism belongs to the patent holders. And uh, so I have pointed this out to the government, and never once throughout this two-year process, has the Department of Justice who represents the the government in court. None of the DOD, HHS, Health and Human Services, or the FDA have ever denied my allegation. And now we're to a point, after we made oral arguments in the 10th Circuit and made this point to the judges in their face that that our our troops decided they wanted to remain human. They didn't want the shots because they didn't want to become somebody else's chattel property. The courts put their fingers in their ears collectively and said, blah, blah, blah. We don't want to hear your case. It is not justiciable. And like exigent circumstances for constitutional exemptions, they relied on an exemption here. They said, because the Department of Defense rescinded the order, there's no longer a mandate. Your case is no longer justiciable. Of course, they had the obligation, in in my view, that when presented with the single most important question facing humanity, here two for, are you somebody else's chattel property? Are you a genetically modified creature? They took the easy way out and decided they didn't wanna answer that question. So they just simply dismissed the case. We're making arrangements to file in front of the Supreme Court, but doctor, I'm not holding my breath. Um, the reality is that our government has made a decision that this is going to happen. They are uh, collaborating amongst all of the different branches by virtue of these um, these legal wranglings, these legal excuses to not participate, to not save humanity. And, and this is the decision that they've made, so we've got to save ourselves. And my point here, uh, along with yours, is simply to alert people as to how it is they're doing it so that they can recognize it for what it is. And God bless these eight sheriffs in the western United States who were able to recognize that this nonsensical public health emergency um, to deprive people of their rights to bear arms is something that they cannot, um, they cannot reconcile with their oaths of office. I was so happy that they specifically mentioned, we have an oath of office to the, to the constitution. We're going to, um, we're going to abide those oaths. And I can't tell you how, how proud I am of them because as you well know, In the course of the last year, complete with another um, action that we filed, a writ quo waranto, we found that not one of the people serving in the federal cabinet, that's the secretary-level position in the U.S. government, none of them have a valid oath of office. So if they're not serving the country, if they're not serving their obligations on the Constitution, who is it that they serve? And the answer to that question is themselves. Um, That's who they serve or or some other power that isn't us, right? And, And so... To to see that document, Doctor, gave me so much hope. Humanity has a chance. We just have to say, no, we've got to come and rally around these sheriffs, um, and we've got to support them in every way that we can, because that's the line of defense.
0: You're exactly right. And actually, I'd like to see us take an initiative to get more exposure to the broader public for the constitutional sheriffs who have been so courageous to take that stand, the sheriff in New Mexico had a very powerful statement that, was, that I found on social media. And interesting, in the video clip that I listened to, he gave the specific example that this hit close to home for him because his brother and his brother's son were just in their own personal vehicle, and they were shot at multiple times in a drive-by type shooting and multiple um, bullet holes in the car. And the sheriff said, I cannot in good conscience violate my oath in an unconstitutional action to deprive citizens of their right to defend themselves. This just happened in my own family.
1: It's, well, What a blessing. I mean, I'm sorry that his brother was shot at, but what a tremendous blessing. Isn't it sad that that's what it takes to remind people of their oath? Right? And, and doctor, this is the sad part is we come to find, even in the, in the case of our okay. waranto. We served it on the U.S. attorney who also has no valid oath of office. We were supposed to file it in the federal district courts of Washington, D.C., and found that one of those judges has a valid oath, as far as we can tell. Um, How far does this persist? And we found it even in the various states that a lot of sheriffs, uh, governors, cabinet officials, school boards, you know, anybody that works for the government in any way must have an oath of office to that state, um, to our government, or they're not serving the interest of the public, they're serving themselves. And, and sadly, we came to find so many of them don't have such an oath. So to, to understand this, um, that, that it took you know, somebody's family getting shot at to wake the sheriff up, what more does it take? And in the case of the public health emergency, maybe this conversation today will help people in those positions to understand it was a public health emergency Declared by the, the quote unquote Secretary of Health and Human Services and Mr. Tedros, that caused this bioweapon called the COVID quote unquote vaccines to be unleashed upon their family and mandated. Couldn't work, couldn't travel, couldn't eat uh, unless she took the damn poison. That's murder, doctor. In fact, on a grand scale, a genocide or democide. But it was that public health emergency that caused that. That's where this leads.
0: That's that's exactly right. And this is this is really a line in the sand that Americans need to take a stand and support their constitutional service their sheriffs to stand against this abuse of everything that this country has been founded upon. So uh, absolutely and we're we're looking at all of those aspects we've we've done many programs on genetic alteration of mosquitoes to distribute diseases we we know about the gene therapy changes from the covid shots that are causing such death and destruction there is gene therapy modification of our food supply in multiple ways That's right. they're spraying spinach crops, for example, with mRNA vaccine technology and altering that. They've already been using mRNA injections into the pork supply since 2018, and they're trying to push it into poultry and
1: Dear Lord. cattle
0: and all of the other food supplies. So we've got all of that going on, and now... The latest one that you have talked about in some of the material that you've found as it relates to legal um, initiatives and use of additional weapons that can harm people, there is the whole field of optogenetics. And I'd like for yes. you to at least give a brief Um, discussion of what you have found on the legal front that's of concern but just for our listeners to understand light normally doesn't have an effect on for example the heart's electrical activity but you can make heart cells receptive to light through delivery of genes that encode the production of light sensitive proteins that are called opsins. And normally we have opsins in our eyes, animals and humans, and also there are photosensitive bacteria and algae. But in the last 15 years or so, the, the article that, that you sent that that I was reading was published in 2016. So that means around the same time in the early 2000s that these other changes were taking place to create the exigent circumstances justification for public health. They, They were beginning this research, and DARPA has been involved in it. But optogenetics has been a method for neuroscience research And further research on how to modify cardiac or heart activity through the use of Opsins. Now, part of the claim is that these have therapeutic benefits, but we also see the way that they can be used to trigger cardiac arrhythmias that can cause death if you're using it as a weapon system. Yeah. So... I'd like for you to talk more about that. We, you know, we could do a whole program on it. But this ties into the bigger theme of the way the government has been developing weapons that damage the way the human body functions from prescriptions that have been altered, medicines that have been altered, to the gene therapy shots, to to putting it in foods, to disseminating it through genetically altered altered mosquitoes. And now we're looking at encoding the body to make opsins, light-sensitive proteins that change the way light can affect our heart rhythm.
1: Isn't that so? You know, it it doesn't take much to imagine, doctor, from the invention of an x-ray. The the x-ray sees right through our tissue and it sees the bones. It can even go through the bones depending on, on the strength of it um x-ray is a is a function of signal it, it's a frequency um, and and really it seems that everything is a frequency whether that's your, your radio in your car or whether that's the gigahertz that you, your um your wi-fi is putting out in your house it's all a function of frequencies as is light light is a frequency um lasers so we can imagine that no not unlike a uh, x-ray that can go you know, right through a body a laser can go right through your body so really what you're talking about is um the different frequencies that have different effects on different bodies not just the human body but any body for that matter um, and you're right there there are photosensitive enzymes that have been discovered over time and as you study a little bit about opsins or as i did you come to find that it was really a function of using light uh, for radiological purposes or for, for diagnosing and, and testing. And over time, the you know, scientists came to understand that they could be used therapeutically. But of course, where there's opportunity to use things therapeutically, there's opportunity to use things um, for malevolent purposes, such as killing people. And this is really what we came to find, an enzyme in particular called M. cherry, And it really stuck out to us in in our research as we were looking into the hydrogel that we found was the the common um, poison throughout all of the COVID shots. Whether that was um, being done by Johnson & Johnson or Moderna, AstraZeneca, Pfizer, it really didn't make any difference. They all shared this one commonality, which was hydrogels. And in those hydrogels, there were other commonalities. Um, polyethylene glycol the base components for antifreeze was was a commonality these other types of things like um, for instance luciferase this is one of those bioluminescent proteins that we were talking about similar to the options and in this case an enzyme called m cherry we found it in all of them then we found m cherry not just in the covid shots we found in insulin we found it in lidocaine we found it in everything and it turns out that m cherry is one of these options and so as we started doing the research, we found that this particular enzyme is particularly um, catalytic to the blue light spectrum. So it was by no coincidence that we um, you know, took the, the the long view that somehow or other blue light was going to have some level of, of uh, involvement in the, the genocide in progress. And sure enough, what do you see? The Phillips blue lights are going up all over the world not just uh, you know in, in city centers, you're finding these things everywhere. We find that in the case of Maui, the fires, all of these blue um, umbrellas and t-shirts survive, everything else seems to have been decimated. And that happens when blue light lasers are used. So there, there seems to be a lot of commonalities here, doctor, relating to optogenetics, the ability to literally turn people off, whether it's their hearts or parts of their brain. The science is well-settled, and I think I sent you previously a copy of a video, where the World Economic Forum themselves, the people who would be emperors, they call themselves elites, they are big fans of what optogenetics and and how they can effectuate um, changes in people's behavior, Um, and what they don't tell you is it can effectuate changes in people's heart rhythms, their brain function um, entirely, and turning people on and off. And We think that there are good examples of this where Uh, At certain concerts where blue light lasers were used, in recent times, people fell over dead. In the case of uh, Korea, but it was a year ago now, 150 people fell over dead for no reason. You know, in times past, Doctor, that didn't happen. You know, masses of people didn't just fall over dead. Um, 10,000 cattle, you know, in, in the plains of the United States, all falling over dead at the same time. There is a commonality there.
0: What that, do um, they think was the cause of that they claim they blamed it on the hot weather which heat. is
1: ludicrous it's absurd it's absolutely absurd what um, do they
0: think actually caused all 10,000 to drop dead at the same time
1: I don't know the answer to that question what I do know is that by virtue of the testing we witnessed in our case um, the military test was uh C4591001 It was done on 44,000 service members and their families. And within six months of that test concluding, it was a phase one, two, and three clinical trial, by the way. And use a doctor know full well, you can't do phase one and two trials on people. But that's what the military did anyway. Um, And what we came to find is that the six-month post-marketing experience showed that there were 1,291 serious adverse events of special interest. Meaning, in addition to the other 20 they already knew were going to happen, there was almost 1,300 new diseases caused by these shots. In discussions with military personnel trained in science and and medicine at Fort Detrick, which is the bioweapons capital of our military, bioweapons and chemical warfare is taught there, the tests to, to actually resolve that there were 1,300 new diseases of extraordinary rarity would have taken years to assemble, years to prepare. What does that tell you? That this was a bioweapon test. What was the bioweapon being tested? The covid shots on 44,000 service members and their families, doctor. They were just testing how efficiently they could kill people doesn't it make perfect sense to you that if you were going to test a weapon of mass destruction that was remotely able to kill 10,000 cows, why not do that on 10,000
0: people? No, you're you're right. I mean, I was uh, from our work together I, I was aware of that human guinea pig experiment using our military and their families and their children. That was so heinous in my mind. And they didn't even tell them they didn't no. have informed consent at all. Why? It, it's staggering because of all the legal parameters that you said were put in place yes. in ahead of time.
1: That's right. Now, and then I was going to say, doctor, we came to find this as part of our case, that the military has been doing genetic modification on its uh, service members since 2005 with, you know, with the permission of the attorney general of the United States. So, um, and, and that's what that memorandum said is that you don't have to provide them informed consent because it's not investigational new drugs. These are, these are gene therapy and therefore exempt and different.
0: It's, it's, it's truly stunning. and And I think that's one of the reasons that the public is having, as as across the board people are having such a hard time wrapping their mind around the fact that our government is doing this deliberately that that has i think been so shocking that that people simply cannot it it's like it, it goes against everything that a normal person considers
1: that's right and it's our apathy, right? Here, too 4 four—that's been built into our daily lives. Um, you know, watch the, watch the soap operas, watch your sports, but don't think too hard about these things. Your government's here to protect you, when in fact they're really—they've been preparing to kill us for this whole time, doctor. They've lulled us into this apathy, uh, and sadly, it wasn't until this sheriff uh, had a family member. Getting shot at, that it it dawned on him, holy cow, we have a constitutional right to protect ourselves. But the the sad part of that whole comment, Doctor, is that that's not why that constitutional right exists. Our Second Amendment, if you read through the Federalist Papers that gave rise to our Constitution, it exists because our forefathers knew what tyranny looked like, and they knew that we would always have to provide Americans with the ability to replace a government if it ever became tyrannical. Where are we now?
0: We are right there where our four, where our founders knew that at some point we would be. And it it was the second amendment was to protect the citizens from the government, not for, not for sports, not for even just self-defense. It was for protection against a tyrannical government. Absolutely right. And, That's why I'm glad we led today's show with the constitutional sheriffs who stood up for their oath to the United States Constitution, inspired by God as God's gift of life and liberty that our Constitution was created to defend. So all of you listening today, This is Dr. Lee for America with international attorney Todd Callender. You must pay attention, share this information. The weapons of terror are coming from multiple directions. You need to know where they are, how they're planning to set this up, because you need to know what your options are to stand against tyranny and defend yourself, your family, your home, your community, start networking with the constitutional sheriffs, starting with the nucleus in New Mexico and the Western Constitutional Sheriff's Association who are standing against this tyranny and start setting up community action groups, meeting with your own sheriff in your community. Todd, any closing words for our audience today? And you and I can discuss many other things. I want to have you and your brilliant researcher, Lisa McGee, join me for another whistleblower report, talking about all of the toxic ingredients that you have found in the COVID shots and some of our other medicines that you've been researching.
1: Sure. I, I, I really want people to dig deep and give themselves permission
0: to dare to believe,
1: I understand it's scary. Nobody wants to admit, nobody wants to think that others are are trying to kill them. Um, I I understand how uncomfortable that is and and the fact that that makes us actually have to do something about it to protect ourselves and our families. And yet it is so, right? All we have to do is look around at the examples we talked about uh, to know that this is true And if we choose to put our heads in the sand, if we choose to ignore this, then it leads to the grave. And if you want to do that for yourself, okay, so be it. That's your choice. But what about your kids and those that come after us? Doctor, we're in an extinction level event here. Um, That is what all of the, the agreements, these international agreements talk about. That has been the plan. It's been implemented. We've already lived through some of it. There is more to come. And if we don't stand as humanity, as human beings, and even those that got the shots as people, if we don't stand together, then we shall certainly all perish together. It'll be the end of our species. So I beg you people, please put on your critical thinking hats. Do the research for yourself and open your hearts to God because that's the way we get out of this.
0: That's exactly right, Todd. And prayer is a powerful weapon along with citizen action you cannot be silent any longer silence in the face of evil is itself evil join our crusade sign up for our email alerts join us in faith over fear every tuesday night join us for the truth project on wednesday nights and join me on vaxchoice.com and cloudhub.com for every friday Connecting the Dots with Dr. Valid and Kathy Kresnik on Hormones, Health and Resilience. All the things you can do to stay healthy. God bless you all. Todd, God bless you for all you're doing. It's my privilege to work with you. And we will keep bringing the truth against the lies and deceptions for just such a time as this. Thank you for joining us today.